It's a great offseason to be a Chiefs fan, even if you're an idiot like me. Let's talk some Chiefs, guys. Welcome to the Chief of the North podcast, the land of 10,000 takes. I'm your host, Minnesota Chiefs fan, or Seth Kaiser, and this podcast has been much more difficult to get out to you than you guys think. Um, I recorded a super long, extra special, the entire plan for the off-season podcast that was probably like an hour and 20 minutes long. Then I proceeded to lose it all in the uploading, and so here we are. It was frustrating, but if that's the worst thing that happens to me all day, it's a pretty good day. So... Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to present to you the off-season plan in a few shorter, sweeter podcast episodes. I'm going to try to keep it under 30 minutes. Yes, I know that's funny, the idea of me only talking for 30 minutes, but I believe in myself and you should believe in me too. So before we get started with uh, the, the, the Chiefs' off-season plan, I want to talk for just a second about Bob Sutton. Um, the Chiefs retained him. I don't agree with it. Uh, I, I think he's a very, very average defensive coordinator who is reliant on talent to produce good defenses. And make no mistake, he's produced good defenses for the Chiefs. If you go by Football Outsiders DVOA, which is probably the best team stat you can find if you're looking for a snapshot of a team, though it's not this positive, it's very good. Uh, the Chiefs have had a top 10 defense twice underneath him, and two other years they've had an average defense. And then this last year, they were horrific. So to me, the, the really bad year was an outlier. However, it did show me that when he didn't have great talent, especially in the secondary, they kind of fell off the map. I think Andy Reid chose to keep him, and I think Clark Hunt supported it because, based on some comments Reid has made and some comments Clark Hunt made in an interview with Therese Paler, I think they agree with the idea that the Chiefs lacked talent last year. You can look at the uh, Bleacher Report Top 1000 grading, or you can look at Pro Football Focus, and see that outside of a half dozen players, the Chiefs really struggled to not only just field average guys on defense, but they had a bunch of poor players out there, guys that really were in way over their heads. Frank Zombo played way too many snaps. Danny Sorensen played way too many snaps. Um, multiple corners had rough seasons. Their inside linebackers really struggled, especially before Reggie Ragland came around. DJ obviously struggled for a long time. Um, Ford got hurt. Uh, Tomba was largely non-existent because he was hurt most of the year. The defensive line underperformed outside of Chris Jones. Um, it was just rough. They just did not have a ton of talent on the defense. And so when I look at this offseason, my goal is to, you know, create a Chiefs. Okay, how could the Chiefs contend in 2018? Well, they were a playoff team last year. So when you're a playoff team, technically you're in the hunt. So how do we have it to where they're a playoff team, but a better playoff team, one that can, you know, advance? Well, while the offense was a problem in certain aspects, in my opinion, some of those weaknesses will be removed with everyone having another year together and a quarterback who can maybe create a little more when things are going poorly. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes can execute the offense when everything is running well, as well as Alex Smith can. However, I don't think he needs to. I don't think you need to execute as well as Alex Smith when Andy Reid's offense is winning. Because when Andy Reid's offense is winning, you're going to just you're going to destroy the the defense regardless because when his offense is winning it torches defenses what the Chiefs need is a guy who when that offense isn't necessarily winning and things are falling apart a little bit a guy who can create a little bit out of nowhere that is Patrick Mahomes specialty and I think that's why they got him to be honest Reed can win 80% of the time on his own regardless of who the quarterback is regardless of who you throw in there. It's that 20% they need help with, and I think Mahomes is perfect for that. So I'm not that worried about the offense. The way I view it, if the offense stays exactly as it was last year, where it was one of the better offenses in the league, 
even with that hiccup in the middle of the year that I think was largely because of a quarterback who couldn't um, lift all boats and be the rising tide, I think you could keep the offense at the exact same productivity level. And if the defense can go from horrific to average, you've got a Super Bowl contender. So my whole goal, okay, maintain with the offense. And we'll talk a little bit about how the offense can be improved a little bit. But this recording today, we're going to talk about cap cuts, guys to retain, and then it's all about defensive free agency. And then in the next one, we're going to talk about offensive free agency and a few other things, and then we're going to get into the draft. Um, I'm not a big draft guy, but I want to be a draft guy for you, you fine folk, because so many of you are. So the defense is my priority. That's my, my main priority. I want to up that talent level because they did not have very much talent last year. I want to build around the core guys on the defense. And who are those core guys? Right now, they are Chris Jones, Justin Houston, Reggie Ragland, Kendall Fuller, Marcus Peters, Eric Berry. Those are your six good or better guys, right? Those are, you know, most of them, I mean, Eric Berry's an elite player, Marcus Peters is, Kendall Fuller is, Justin Houston is, Chris Jones is a very good player, not quite elite yet, and Reggie Ragland is a good player. Those are the guys you build around, and you see with that core, you can build a good defense there, you just need to not have bad players everywhere else. So the Chiefs are in something of a unique position because they've got some dead weight that they can cut to have a lot of flexibility under the cap, and they are in a position where they already have the core in place. And if you can add a little more talent to that and take away from the glaring weak spots, you've got the makings of a great defense. Most bad defenses don't have a Justin Houston and a Chris Jones and an Eric Berry and a Marcus Peters and a Kendall Fuller to work with. That is a lot of talent, high-level talent. It's the rest of the defense that was playing very, very poorly last year, and it dragged everyone down because in the NFL... You can't have five or six great players and then five or six bad players and expect to field anything but a bad defense. Weaknesses get picked on in the NFL, and that's what happens. So here, here's here's what we're going to do today. Like I said, we're going to talk about cap cuts, guys I would retain if I were Brett Veach. Then we're going to talk about defensive free agents. We're going to do a few mailbag questions, and then we're going to call it a day. So there's a lot to cover, and we're going to try to do it, like I said, in in 30 minutes or less. So here goes. I'm going to start off with guys to cut, cap casualties. Now, a lot of you have probably read my thoughts of this. There's an article on Arrowhead Pride about it. Um, so you can you can look there to see the thoughts in more detail. But I'm just going to just run through a list, give a quick reasoning behind each one, and then we're going to move on to guys that I would retain, if that makes sense. Well, I sure hope that makes sense. Anyway, here's here's where you start. You start by trading Alex Smith. Oh, hey, they already did that. That's that's a big, big deal that saves a ton of cap room, and that was always going to happen. So that was the, the first move there, and it's already happened. The second move, one that I eventually agreed with, um, early on I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go with all this or anything like that, but then I thought to myself, yeah, I definitely do want to cut Darrell Revis. And then, hey, they cut Darrell Revis. And so it's it's interesting, so far, so far, I'm two for two. Now, that they were both really obvious moves, but that that doesn't make me feel as good by saying, you know, you know, two for two if we talk about how obvious those moves were. So we're going to say that I'm kind of like a savant here, and I'm making all these calls. So two for two, and we'll see if I can keep going here. These are the rest of the moves. You cut Derek Johnson, cut Tom Bahali, cut Alan Bailey, cut Demetrius Harris, cut Darrell Revis, and cut Ron Parker. Holy smokes, that's a lot of guys. Seth, what is wrong with you? Well... Again, 
I want you to look past the names. Um, and uh, for a second, I'm going to just look at it objectively. Derek Johnson was not a good player last year, by and large. He improved as the year went along, just enough to make me wonder, man, was it just the Achilles? But not enough to be worth the the eight to ten million he's due this year. Tom Bahali couldn't stay healthy. That was eight million. That's eight million there. Allen Bailey is an average offensive lineman. He's decent. He can help, but he's not worth eight million like he's due this year. And you can save six million by cutting him. Demetrius Harris, you can save another two million. Darrell Revis, obviously they saved the money. Um, and then Ron Parker, he's another guy you can you can save, you know, six million or so cutting him. Um, the numbers here are not exact. I don't have them in front of me, by the way. Um, but you can save quite a bit of money cutting him. He's another guy where I'm almost on the fence to where, well, was it because Barry was gone and they had him doing too much that he struggled last year because he's been good in the past? I have no idea. But with the money he's due, I think you can get more of a sure thing. And so that's that's the position there. And they can if you, you get rid of all those guys, and none of them are major contributors. Yes, some of them saw quite a few snaps, but they were not guys who impacted the game in a positive way. And in fact, it was quite often the opposite, that they impacted it in a negative way. And so you get rid of those guys, and suddenly you have 30, 35, 40 cap mill when you talk about Alex and Revis as well to play with in 2018 and quite a bit in 2019, 2020. The Chiefs cap issues were solely this year. They've got tons of room moving forward. Yes, they've got guys to resign in the future, but they've got plenty of room to be very aggressive in free agency this year and still have room to sign guys long term this next offseason. So this is the year to me to go all in. Part of the reasoning behind that is because of the timing issue with Patrick Mahomes' contract. Patrick Mahomes, like all first-rounders, he go, he, he's he got a four-year deal, right? The first year went last year, so there's three years left, and then an option at the last year that's more expensive than the other years, but still cheaper than a franchise quarterback contract. So you've got three years left of him being insanely cheap, then one year of him being kind of expensive but not really. Then you're going to get killed if everything goes right. And so for me, if you sign guys to a long-term deal this offseason, by the time you get to making a decision about Patrick Mahomes and giving him a huge contract, you're coming up to where there's no more dead money left on these other contracts. And so you have flexibility to cut guys without dead money at that point. But that's only if you sign them this year. That same flexibility gets a little bit lower every year unless, now you can always get creative. The cap is not as hard to get around as people think it is. You can always structure contracts creatively to where it's not going to kill you down the road. You see that with like the uh, the the Jimmy Garoppolo contract, how they're doing it to where they're front-loading it a bit, and you can shift cap numbers to be have different hits in different years. So there's things you can do but the long story short, I would like to sign guys now to maintain maximum flexibility when it comes time to extend Patrick Mahomes. So we, 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 we've cut a ton of guys that didn't really do much last year but save us a lot of money. Um, but we've also created some needs. You know, we need a starting safety now. Um, we, we, need some, we need a defensive lineman now. And, oh, yeah, what about D. Ford? I say cut D. Ford, and there's a guy in particular I have in mind, the more film I've watched on him. So you cut D. Ford, too. Well, there's another $8 million there. Um, D. Ford, he's a good pass rusher a lot of the time, or even I'd say more decent to good pass rusher, but he's a liability against the run. Now, if they keep him, I'm not going to cry about it because having him in a contract year like a lot of guys, he could well go off. I could see it. He's talented enough. So we'll see what happens with that. But anyway, so those are the guys that you cut. What about guys that you retain? What about, you know, potential free agents? The Chiefs don't have a lot of impact players entering free agency this year. 
First thing I would do is I would tender Raheem Nunez Rochez. He's a decent defensive lineman, and you can keep him for a very cheap second-round tender, which doesn't cost you much money. You keep him around for another year. That would be helpful, especially if you're cutting Allen Bailey. Terrence Mitchell, I believe, is an unrestricted free agent. Over the cap and spot track, say it differently. I think given his time in the league, he's unrestricted. I say you sign him for a year or two. Should not break the bank at all. Should not be expensive at all, but he's good depth to have. He's a good fourth or fifth corner to have on your team. I would also re-sign Stephen Terrell, who I thought flashed a little bit at safety, um, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis, and Anthony Sherman, all of whom you should be able to get for around the veteran minimum. Um, Anthony Sherman, he's a guy who he plays all four phases of special teams. He's a great team guy. Uh, he, he's just a guy you like having on your team as long as you're not paying him more than a million bucks or so a year. And I don't think you have to with him because of the position he plays. Uh, again, Stephen Terrell is just a guy who flashed at safety, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis is a guy who played decently at inside linebacker and kind of helped solidify the spot a little bit after a rough start. He's got a lot of speed. I know there are people concerned about the arrest from what I can tell. their misdemeanors that he charged with, possession of marijuana, some paraphernalia, driving without a license. Nothing that makes me go, oh no, he's going to explode the locker room or he's a hardened criminal. Was it stupid? Sure. Do I care that much? No, I don't. And maybe it's my time prosecuting, but... I just don't make a big deal out of misdemeanor offenses. He's a young man who did something stupid. Well, okay, fair enough. I've been there. You've been there in all likelihood. And it's not going to keep me from saying, well, he should be able to be re-signed on the cheap and still be a part-time player inside linebacker like he was this last year. So those are the guys that you keep around. Now, you notice in this little world of fiction here, I'm not retaining Albert Wilson and Zach Fulton. Um, that might be That might be an unpopular opinion. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, I think both those guys are going to get paid enough on the open market to where I don't think the Chiefs can retain them. The Chiefs already have a starting center in Mitch Morse, and I'm not going to get into another argument about who's better between Mitch Morse and Zach Fulton. Fulton played better last year, but only because Morse played the worst he's ever played when he came back from injury. Morse has always been the better center, and it hasn't ever even been close. Fulton played the best he's ever played. Good for him, but the problem is he's not very good at guard by, by what I can see at least, and he needs to play at center, and the Chiefs have a center. I'm not big on the whole let's move Mitch Morse to guard movement. I think it makes more sense, given the, the financial investment along the rest of the line, to let Fulton walk. Albert Wilson, I like Wilson. If they can keep him for cheap, great. Um, I think he might command a little bit more than cheap in the open market, uh, depending on it's a weird wide receiver market this year. Um, but I do think that he's got a limited skill set, and that's a bit problematic for me. And I'm just assuming that he might get offered five or six million a year. And if that's the case, eh, given the, the the state of the offense with Chris Conley coming back, I'm not that worried about it. Um, and we'll talk more about the offense later on. But it just doesn't worry me that much when you've already got your primary receiving options in Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Those are your stars, right? Kareem Hunt gets a ton of looks in the receiving game. Uh, Chris Conley's a secondary option type guy. And you've got Spencer Ware back as a secondary option guy. And so you really, I mean, how much do you need to spend on a guy who's going to be the fourth or fifth option? That's the question for me. I'm perfectly comfortable, again, with Chris Conley. I think he'll be back and do just fine. He's got, a, in my opinion, a more varied skill set than Albert Wilson. And so I don't worry about that. All right, so those, those are my, my, my cap cuts. Those are the guys that I would keep around. And look, we did it in almost, almost under 15 minutes. We're so close. So we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the defensive free agents I would sign 
and why it is going to be just a hoot and a half and I can't wait for you guys to all tell me how crazy and wrong I am it's going to be great all right, we're talking Chiefs offseason. We're turning them into contender in 30 minutes or less. Well, you know, the defensive edition at least. All right, I just made a bunch of really aggressive cuts to free up a lot of cap room so that the Chiefs could play in free agency this year. Now, maybe this isn't what the Chiefs do, but this is what I would do given Bob Sutton's system, given the particular strengths and weaknesses on the defense, and just given everything that I've seen on film this year, this is the plan that I would go with, and it's wildly aggressive, but you're going to have to hear me out. I'll start off with the biggest splash play. I would sign LaMarcus Joyner to a massive contract, which is what it's going to take to get him, make no mistake. Um... What I put it down as was five years, $68 million. Yes, basically the size of Barry's deal. But Seth, that's so much money invested in safety. Yeah, I know. It's a ton of money invested in safety. Um, first things first, though, LaMarcus Joyner is an exceptional, exceptional safety. He can play coverage anywhere all over the field. He's a bit undersized to play in the box, but he's not afraid to hit. He's not afraid to tackle. He's Awesome in coverage. So good. He can play deep safety. He So he can play single high. He can play cover two. He can play robber. He can play slot corner. He can do anything you need him to do in coverage. And Bob Sutton needs his Swiss Army knives like that. He is exceptional. And you pair him with Eric Berry and the Chiefs have the best safety tandem in the league. The absolute best. And that is a huge deal in Bob Sutton's system. It also bumps Danny Sorensen down to a much more role player role, which he can do okay in. Um, a quick word on Bob Sutton's system. I went back and I, I checked the best years that the Chiefs defense had. And one thing that I noticed consistently was that the best years of the Chiefs defense was when they were strongest at safety. When they had multiple good players at safety. When Hussein Abdullah was playing, or when Coleman was playing, or when Tyvon Branch was playing. When, when Ron Parker was playing at his best. Um, even when Quinton Demps had a really good year for the Chiefs so until the playoff game, but we won't talk about that. That is when the Chiefs defense was at its best, when they had strong safety play. Not as in like strong safety the position, but as in their safeties played well. And so for me, I'm going to look at history and say, well, okay. There you go. Let's give him that. Additionally, if you look at free agency, because the first thing people are going to say is, but what about pass rush? There is not an elite pass rusher on the market. Um, there's Demarcus Lawrence, who's an elite pass rusher. However, if you listen to Jeff Schwartz, he, he says that Lawrence could never fit in Kansas City system. Be that as it may, whether or not that's accurate, he will never hit free agency. They're going to franchise tag him. And so you don't have an elite edge rusher. You've got guys you could take a flyer on, like Trent Murphy and that kind of stuff. And you got one guy in particular that I really really like, but there's not a guy who had is going to just suddenly, you know, set the team on fire as far as we know. So for me, when you don't have that, and it's not really along the defensive line either, and we're going to get to the defensive line. So then you say, okay, if you don't have stars there, where do you go? And safety in Sutton's defense is so important that I'm perfectly comfortable going that route because if there's one thing that I learned watching the film this year down the stretch when the Chiefs defense was really struggling against the pass a lot of people think you know I've heard so many people say oh well you know the the, the quarterbacks had all day to sit in the pocket it was the pass rush if you go back and you time the snaps 
a lot of the throws were released against the Chiefs in under 2.5 seconds. Do yourself a favor. Go look at next-gen stats on NFL.com, and it'll tell you the fastest sacks this year, as in the fastest players possibly could get to the quarterback. Um, the very fastest one was, I think, a hair under two seconds, and I think it was something like the 20th fastest sack this year, or 30th fastest, something like that, was 2.5 seconds. Meaning if you get the ball out in 2.5 seconds or less, you make it incredibly difficult for the defense to pressure the quarterback and teams were doing that over and over and over again and the secondary wasn't able to respond you've got to improve that secondary and given Sutton's reliance on safeties fine let's do it let's go all in let's get Joyner the arguably the best defensive free agent on the market this year and we'll go nuts and by the way I'm going to tell you how the numbers pan out when it's all said and done Next move, we're going to stay incredibly aggressive. We're going to sign Sheldon Richardson to a four-year, $40 million deal. I don't think Sheldon Richardson breaks the bank the same way like Malik Jackson did or Calius Campbell because he had one sack last year. And while he was very helpful in pressures and hits, he wasn't a superstar. He's not going to get superstar money, in my opinion. Although, we'll see because it's a it's a relatively weak free agent class along the defensive line. But I think you could probably get him for $10, $11 million a year. There are not a lot of big bodies up front who are good against the run and good pass rushers. Sheldon Richardson fits the bill. And so I would go after him because by getting him, and we're going to address edge rusher in a minute, you are adding those above average pass rushers that Chris Jones and Justin Houston need. They don't need more stars rushing the passer. They need guys who aren't minus players in that category. They need guys who can win one-on-one. Chris Jones and Justin Houston can be the stars. Sheldon Richardson can be a role player with that. Yes, that's a lot of money to pay for a role player, but like I said, we're going all in here. Um, He is a guy who can be on the field a ton. He can rotate through a variety of positions. He can rush the passer, and he's good against the run, and he would absolutely help Chris Jones on the inside there, and Justin Houston coming from the edge. And so now, you know, we've, we've addressed secondary. Now we've addressed pass rush to an extent. However, we're not done addressing pass rush. I would also, and this is a guy that I'm getting more and more high on the more film of his that I watch. I might actually write a separate article about this. Junior Gallette, who... He, he he had a couple great years for the Saints, he had an Achilles tear, and then he had his other Achilles tear, and then he was finally healthy this last season, and he had, it was something like three and a half, four and a half sacks. So if you look at that, you go, well, really? But if you watch his tape, he was consistently providing pressure last year. He got a little lost in the shuffle, because the Redskins have multiple edge rushers. Their defense was actually pretty solid. I don't know how they ended up being as poor as they were, because they have solid players. But he, he got lost in the shuffle behind Preston Smith and Ryan Kerrigan. However, when he was on the field, and I retweeted something like this, some or I retweeted this recently, um, he was one of the top 15 players in the NFL with regards to pressure percentage. Consistent pressure wins games. And when you watch his film, he, he's got his quick twitch. He's, he's, he's still fast, still quick. He's got a variety of pass rush moves. He's able to win one-on-one consistently. He's got bend around the edge. He can rush the passer. And so he also didn't look to be a huge weakness against the run either. And so with a guy with his history coming off a year in which he, he was productive but in kind of a quieter way, I think you could maybe get him for a two-year deal with a second-year escalator. So you know, almost like what the Chiefs did with Revis, but probably a little more expensive in the first year. 
Um, I when I first wrote the article on on him, I said two years, eight million. I'm thinking it might be more like two years, twelve million. Um, but again, it, it would be all about getting a decent deal in there with that second year escalator if he had a great year in 2018. Um, I think if you end up with a pass rushing group on 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 nickel and dime sets where the Chiefs usually have four guys going after the rusher, and now with this plan. You've got Justin Houston, Chris Jones, Sheldon Richardson, and Junior Gallette. That is, in my opinion, a markedly upgraded pass rush from Justin Houston, Chris Jones, Alan Bailey, and Frank Zombo, or Tano Passigno, or whoever, right? Um, There's strength there across the board. Even though Gallette and Richardson aren't as good as Houston and Jones, they are good. Again, you don't need four superstars. You need four guys who can play. That's it. You, you've got your superstar in Houston. You've got a really good player in Chris Jones. Now you just need to add a couple of other good players. And I think Gallette, the, again, the more film of his I watch, the more I think, huh, that seems like a guy that I, they could really play. Um, so, again, you know, maybe maybe this will be my first free agent draft crush in a while. Or free agent draft. This will be my first free agent crush in a while. So that way I can have my hopes and dreams shattered when free agency actually begins. With regards to Tano, um uh, in Daddy Nicholas, those are guys that I hope can contribute, and I've got high hopes for for K Pass especially, but I don't want to bank on that. And you can never have too many pass rushers. So let's say Passanio makes a huge step forward, and now they've got too many pass rushers they need to get on the field. That's a great problem to have. Ask the Philadelphia Eagles what it's like to have five or six guys you can rotate in who are all great at rushing the passer. That's a great problem to have. So. So, so far, again, highly aggressive moves here. It's like a Madden offseason where you sign Joyner, you sign Richardson, you sign Junior Gallette, and then there's a couple of moves left that I would make, and then you just fill out the roster with guys that you kind of like that are on veteran minimum type deals. Justin Ellis from the Raiders, he's a nose tackle type. They need a big body. They need someone who's stout against the run. I would go with him. Uh, he shouldn't break the bank. And then finally, one more splash move. Not quite as splashy, but still splashy. Sign Kyle Fuller to something like four years, $37 million. I don't think he will break the cornerback bank, but I think he'll require good money. However... If you have Fuller and you sign Joyner, you can say that the Chiefs have easily the best secondary in the NFL. And with Fuller and Peters and Barry already there, I'm in the mood to triple down on some things. I'm in the mood to make a strength an incredible strength. That's what I would like to see them do. So that that's that that's the plan, the brief plan. And again, you'd have to fill in the rest of the roster. But they they have a fairly they've got plenty of pieces in place. This would be guys who would come in to contribute. Now, if you're worried about the cap numbers, I I, I did a bunch of things. I'm not going to go over how much each guy got in roster bonuses and signing bonuses and, and what years had this and all that, okay? I'm just not. That would take way too long. The numbers that I was able to reach were in 2018, after doing all this, the Chiefs still have $18.5 million in space. 2019, they still have $50 million in space. 2020, they still have $68 million in space. Again, you can, you, can, you can fiddle around with the numbers and make them do what you want them to do. But overall, now you've got, um, at outside linebacker, you've got Houston, Gallette, and K-Pass. 
um, with Zombo and Nicholas as depth. At inside linebacker, you've got Raglan, KPL, and Oligwe. Weakest spot on the defense, but I think you'd be fine there. Um, on defensive line, you've got Jones, Richardson, Nacho, and Ellis. You'd need to sign a, a guy or two to be able to rotate in, um, kind of veteran, maybe bring back Jarvis Jenkins, someone who can just take 100, 200 snaps. Corner would be an incredible strength with Peters, the Fuller brothers, being your primary three, and then Nelson as one of the best depth guys in the NFL. And, you know, great insurance if someone got hurt. And then at safety, you've got Barry, Joyner, Sorensen, and Terrell. Um I think you can stack that up talent-wise against any defense in the league um, and make it happen. It's doable. It's financially very aggressive, but it's very, very doable. Now, will all that happen? Probably not. But if it did, I would be thrilled because, to me, that's going all in on this year in a way that does not cripple you financially down the road because you still have the money to extend guys who need to be extended over the course of the next few years. That's the beauty of having a quarterback on a rookie contract. You can splurge. And I think the time to do that is now because I think right now they've still got Hill for cheap. They've still got Peters for cheap. They, they still got Kelsey on a reasonable deal. They've, you know, these, this is the time with Kareem Hunt cheap. This is the time to really shoot your shot over the next two or three years and then hope that Mahomes develops into an elite quarterback so once they got to pay him elite money, he can carry the team much more. All right. We did all that in under 30 minutes. In fact, we did it in 28 minutes and 15 seconds. So that leaves me time to do some mailbag. Yes, we'll go over 30 minutes. Hopefully, none of you get mad at me over that. All right, Jesse Bates asked me, would you trade Andy to Indy for a first? I'm not for it, but wondering your thoughts. Absolutely not. Um, I know some people are upset with Andy Reid right now. Ah, good water. But the reality is he's a good NFL coach. And especially at this point in the year, I mean, who would you get? Um, Andy Reid's a good NFL coach. He is tied very closely to Mahomes' development. Mahomes is the most valuable thing the Chiefs franchise has had in years. You do not trade a head coach for 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 a first rounder, first pick. You just just don't do it. Um, I it would take something like maybe if Indy offered me um, both their you know their first, second, and third rounder this year and next year. Okay, maybe then. But again, you'd be put in a tough spot over who you hire. Um, Andrew Ross asks, any chance that Chiefs kick the tires on Kaepernick as the QB2 spot? He's athletic, strong arm, experienced. There'd be lots of, lots of national media attention, some fan uproar, but Andy has dealt with that before with Vic. Not the same situation, but similar issues. Um, it, it could be. It wouldn't really bother me that much. Um, you know, I don't know Colin Kaepernick. I, you know, some of the articles that have come out with regards to kind of some of the, uh, the chaos with the player coalition makes me kind of wonder a little bit about how that whole deal went down. Um, personally, I think the similarities between him and Patrick Mahomes are wildly exaggerated by people, but I mean, as a backup, yeah, it wouldn't bother me because he's extremely talented and he could execute the RPO offense very efficiently. So that wouldn't bother me provided he's willing to take, you know, extreme backup money, you know, a few million bucks a year. Um, so Robert Williams says, Chiefs seem to be working their way out of cap trouble. I realize that some players will not return next year for different reasons. I'm already studying the draft, but would love to know your thoughts on provincial free agents or trades. Well, that's what I'm doing right now, Robert. Anyway, um, uh, a few other questions here about free agency that, um, you know, I've, I've already addressed a lot of. And so... Uh, Joseph Hero asks, if you can bring in only one outside free agent, who is your guy? I would say if just one, just one, it, it, it'd have to be Joyner. He's the most talented of the group, and I think he'd make the biggest impact, even though he's not a pass rusher. Um, 
Uh, Ronald Widman asks, which free agent from another team do you think the Chiefs have the best chance to sign? Another corner, do they go pass rusher, nose tackle, or safety? Um, I think they'd have a good chance getting Kyle Fuller if they really wanted to. His brother's on the team. And, uh, you know, that 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 seems like it would give you an advantage, hopefully. Um, PKS says, we need nose tackle. Logan didn't flash enough. And he's bound for a big payday elsewhere. Do we keep him? I think they might be able to keep Logan for cheaper than you're thinking. And if they can, great. Because they could use more defensive linemen. Um, got a couple more questions about free agency that I'm not ignoring you. But I'm going to be addressing these as the summer goes along. Jake Slob says, who do you see the Chiefs picking up for backup the QB spot? I really don't know. I would like to see them get a veteran like a McCown or a Chase Daniel or someone like that. Um, but again, Kaepernick wouldn't bother me. I have no idea where he's at with all that stuff though. Um, there were a bunch of stories about him being ready to play. I don't know if that's the truth. Um, Aaron Elder asks, what should Alex Smith's legacy be as a chief playoff shortcomings or organizational stability? In my opinion, organizational stability. I think he should be remembered as a guy who came in, helped solidify a spot that desperately, desperately needed help. And and should be remembered as a very, very, very good quarterback who did a lot of very good things for the Chiefs. Yeah, he wasn't perfect, but neither was Trent Green, guys. And we all remember him fondly. Um, I'm just time for a few more. Brian Chaney asks, how does Chiefs offensive plan scheme change with Mahomes in his starting QB? Big changes or not? What will Andy dream up this offseason? I don't think you're going to see huge changes. I think you're going to see Tyreek Hill involved more, but I think that would have happened regardless of who's at quarterback as his route running improves. Um, but I think that that spread hybrid West Coast offense that they instituted with a ton of RPOs, I think that's built for Patrick Mahomes to run, especially that spread. Um, I think it does everything that you want from him. Um, it just it just emphasizes his his strengths so so well. Um, there's a ton more questions. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm about out of time here. Oh, this is there's two more I'll take. Mike Wilson asked which former Jets defensive lineman. Should the Chiefs go sign Wilkerson if cut or Richardson. Obviously, I covered Richardson, but I do want to say this. If Mo Wilkerson got cut, now he scares me with effort issues. Um, but for a one-year prove-it deal, I think you could get a beast of a season out of that guy. And so I'd go for it if he got cut. I think you could get a good season out of him. Maybe put in some incentives. I don't know. Do the escalator thing with him, the same thing that you tried to do with Galette. Um Last question, which is from Forward Progress, Lou. <laughs> um, he asked about Chase Daniel. I already answered that. He says, could the Chiefs win a Super Bowl with a sophomore QB? Absolutely they could. Um, the Super Bowl, I mean, you, you just saw you just saw the, the, the Eagles win the Super Bowl with a backup QB. And Nick Foles is not as talented as Patrick Mahomes. He's more proven, though, for sure. However, yes, the Chiefs can, if they get that defense right, add some talent to it, and stay the course offensively, and Patrick Mahomes is what we think he is. We know what we're getting with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a good coach. I think Patrick Mahomes' particular set of strengths might offset some of Andy's weaknesses, which would be just great to see. Yes, they absolutely can. Will they? I have no idea whatsoever, but I think it's going to be a blast to find out. All right, we're at 34 minutes. I'm, I'm making a liar out of myself. This, this has been the Chief of the North with Seth Kaiser. As always, please remember to subscribe to whatever it is, Podbean or iTunes or whatever it is. Subscribe, rate, review, say nice things. I, I know it sounds crazy, but it does make a difference. I appreciate you guys listening. I'm looking forward to talking about the rest of the offseason plan with you guys. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you soon.